0: Uh, Drea Tuat, and I am here with a good friend of mine, Regan Kwal. Regan, tell me a little bit about what you do and who who you are.
1: Uh, So, currently, I'm a sports performance coach with University of Minnesota Hockey and Team USA's women's hockey team. And also, on the side, I write CrossFit training, weightlifting, powerlifting training for affiliates and individuals through. A company that I started mass training
0: Awesome. you stay pretty busy
1: yeah well a lot going on but it's good <laughs> it's good to stay busy
0: yeah yeah very cool well um, let's just kind of get started and we'll talk a little bit about what we're gonna talk about tonight so um, one of the things that I love about our Talking a little bit about things that we're really passionate about. Um, and so that kind of takes me back to talking about exercise, um, moving the body, movement, um, and doing silly fun things like <laughs> Nerf Gun Wars. And
1: handstand walks. And
0: handstand walks. Uh, and dragging the dog along.
1: Carrying letting the dog for walks <laughs> versus walking the dog.
0: <laughs> yes, letting the dog take me for a walk. Yeah.
1: One wheel rides.
0: One wheel rides, yes that uh, vestibular system Mm -hmm. learning about that practicing some of those fun things together Um, but I think it'd be cool to just talk a little bit about what we have been learning in the different um, domains that we work with different fields that we work in in terms of the body and mindset um, and kind of how that impacts daily living or even fun activities or things that we really enjoy Um, so I know you were talking a little bit ago about an experience that you had had mountain biking. And uh, maybe we can kind of unpack that again and talk a little bit about what's that like in the body, mindset, what comes up for you when you're mountain biking.
1: So uh, I think we talked about this even maybe it was a few weeks ago, but the first thing about the mountain biking I think about is um, if you are constantly like challenging your mind or challenging your body to learn new things... As you're aging, when pe- people typically aren't doing those things, like their later twenties into their thirties, and like the same thing I did with jujitsu, when I just randomly picked it up when I moved here eight mm-hmm. months ago, after never resting my whole entire life,
0: yeah.
1: It, uh, like, I think we call it neural perplexity training at the U, where we're just trying to challenge the mind, so it releases like acetylcholine, different neurotransmitters, yeah. to allow us to pick up motor patterns or master motor patterns more efficiently if we can get like that release prior to our training. There's things we need to do that. But I think just adults in general who maybe struggle to find things they're passionate about or do things active that they enjoy it's because they've kind of given up on trying to teach themselves new things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's always very uncomfortable to start something new. Like when I started jujitsu. I was wrestling against people who've wrestled for 20 years, and I've mm-hmm. never wrestled in my life. Got it? Yeah. Yeah, but I think I've noticed since I started doing these newer activities. And it was even before then when I started crossfit, even a couple years before that, that you pick up new, you uh, your ability to learn new skills or motor patterns, whatever you want to call it, comes much easier when you're regularly doing it. And that makes sense when you when you say it out loud, mm-hmm. but. I don't think enough people take the chance or give an opportunity to actually see that take place.
0: Yeah. Can I ask you, going back to what you had said a minute ago about, you said it was, hard, it was difficult to start jujitsu. And one of the things you mentioned, you said, um, I was working or playing or exercising or I'm not sure what the word is, but yeah. you were practicing with people who have been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years. And I wonder, what about that is the part that was difficult?
1: Oh well it's first it just it sucks to lose. And especially in a thing like Jiu Jitsu, if you're like a two hundred pound person, you're considered very large. And they're all like hundred and fifty pounds, like you're getting choked out by guys that are much smarter than you. But also what makes it difficult too is like if you I, I get what I do is what I'm passionate about. So like I'm not great at but I get better at it just because I truly enjoy it. And like going from a world where I feel like I'm up and coming or I'm one of the better and then going to jujitsu yeah. and just getting destroyed by whoever I'm going against was really frustrating at first. But also I think like having all those like you leaving the leaving the practice like knowing that you just got beat for an hour and a half. But then when you have those days and they start to happen more often as you go longer, mm-hmm. where you, you're like, Oh, I pinned that guy, or like, I yeah. pinned this guy. Sure. It makes it just that much better.
0: So like so, so kind of that initial so here I am maybe an expert in my field yeah. an expert in what I do and I've, I've mastered the way I want to be in this space but then I'm coming back and learning starting over new, yeah starting over starting over is that almost apprentice or starting over in that like you said you're feeling maybe the sense of failure or feeling like I'm getting choked out by somebody who's smaller than me and so that might be kind of messing with the mindset right this mindset of like well if I'm In in this other field where I'm an expert, the fact that I'm bigger makes me better. But in this environment, in this new environment that I'm learning, bigger isn't necessarily an advantage.
1: No. And also, I guess this reminds me of, so, like, disk profiles, right? Isn't that something like a personality test? So we did this right when we got into our master's program, Mm -hmm. and I was, like, 23. In the previous year, I had taken a job at Georgetown. Which I was not prepared for at all, but I got the job, so I had to go do it because it was a great opportunity. Sure. I went from never coaching a group of college or high school athletes in my life to having four teams and a whole high school I was running mm-hmm. for a year straight. Wow. And I take this disc profile that that September when I start the masters, like three months after I finished this job, uh-huh. and it shows me as a dictator type leader. Oh, and I was like, just like what? Because so that's totally not high that high. is a like complete opposite of who I am, but. Wow. It just showed that, and I think it's different now as I've grown up, but I had to put on this fake front and act like I knew what I was doing yeah. to be able to lead because I didn't know how to lead. Sure. And then now, like, going to something like the jiu-jitsu where I am at the bottom of the tunnel, I don't know is more or less like kind of accepting where you're at because it's just how it is. Yeah. And then just learning from there instead of yeah. trying to be something you're not in the moment.
0: Yeah. So what I'm hearing is kind of this idea of when I go into the space where I'm learning, this maybe I don't know if the word imposter syndrome kind of comes. It was out, though. Yeah, exactly. But, it, but maybe that gets that impedes your ability to learn. Yes. And so when you were saying, like, you're
1: closed off to new ideas because like you don't want anyone to question what you're thinking.
0: Because if they question you, then what? What happens if someone questions you? Oh
1: well, yeah. If someone questions an imposter, do you know quickly. I feel like because they either completely they don't even give you a chance to like learn from them yeah. or it kind of shuts them down because they realize they don't know what they're doing
0: so going back to what you were saying what why many people might not want to especially over the lifespan it's as insecure. we age and grow sure so like it raises insecurity because the sense of being exposed the sense of being like hey i i Maybe all these parts of me that have grown and developed and I'm proud of them and I feel good about them, now these, these underdeveloped spaces, maybe they feel like they're under, underdeveloped, but yet they're just new possibilities and new uh, expansions of the self, right? So, But it's, it feels uncomfortable to be exposed and to go in and do this in front of other people, especially when you had that experience
1: you've like put so much work into doing something and you realize like, I gotta start over. Yeah. I want to do this somewhere else.
0: So when I think about um, when we tackle something new or when we're learning something new, I think so often the what we are capable of is underestimated. And I think it's underestimated for a, a bajillion different reasons on a cognitive level or on the way the way we mindset, you know, the way we think about things. What we are physiologically capable of and what we believe we are capable of are kind of different. Um and and what we believe is going to be shaped primarily by what we're told we're capable of and then also our past experiences because our you know, and when it comes to the body, when I'm moving my arm or when I'm you know, you know any type of movement at all i am actually stimulating that vagus nerve and the vagus nerve is 80 percent afferent so it's going up toward the brain it's sending signals to the brain to stimulate um, past memories and past experiences so that the body can understand hey what is my self-efficacy what can i do this can i not do this that sort of thing so thinking about that in terms of trying something new tackling a new skill um, What do you suppose is the process of either, like, a barrier, like, a mindset that would keep you from trying something new, or perhaps even what are some of the the sweet spots that might help you, kind of propel you, and give you that energy to try something new, even if you're not an expert at it?
1: So, I think, like, two, two major barriers would come to mind, and one would be, like we talked about previously, if you have... Uh, founded success in things in the past mm-hmm. the idea of starting something new or starting from the bottom is not inviting because you what you were saying like what you can do versus what you believe you can do you probably believe you can do much more than you can't do if you're starting at the bottom mm-hmm. so there, there's your conflict like you think you're ahead of where you are and I think that's an issue like a lot of professional college athletes run into because mm-hmm. they have lived in this world of sports where they are the best mm-hmm. or like even in high school, like, everyone remembers, like, the kids who made or the start of a high school football team, and then he has to go out to the real world. And okay. So I think that there's a conflict right there. Mm-hmm. And then the other conflict would be if in the past you've tried new things, and maybe because of the environmental factors or, like, what you were told, you ended up quitting a lot of things, you didn't fall through with things, so that would be another barrier to entry or to trying something new because – you don't believe you can do it. That would be like your body's more capable of what you, thin, what you think it can do. Sure. And I think as we do things longer, this might be a bit of a tangent, but the longer we're chasing goals or something like a physical endeavor, it's in like the, the newbie improvements, the newbie gains. Like When you're new at something, whether you believe you can do it or not, you see improvements quickly. It's really easy to get better when you're when you just start something. Like I always say to like all of our freshman athletes, like, Man, you guys just get standards stronger standing in here. You don't even have to lift a weight. Like it's just osmosis. Yeah, like yeah. you just you're just around it and you get better. that's right? that's, that's all it takes. Like you just you just t- you would just touch a barbell and True. your hand and you would all it would somehow make you stronger.
0: Can I do that? Can I just touch <laughs> something something heavier than my hand? Yeah, and just it?
1: touch it and like you get its strength. I love it. Yeah. And then but as we do things longer, like the window to improve or like the barrier to improve, just gets higher and higher and higher. And it takes more and more time to see those improvements. And it is like, a, like the wall of diminishing returns, like it is very, uh, i trying to think of the word. It makes it, yeah, it makes it difficult to keep pushing forward, but when what I refer to as my athletes is like hey if you feel good today and say you're like we're looking at a zero to ten scale you've been at a seven for a long time and you believe you can do a seven because you've been doing it but you've been there for a while Mm -hmm. but if it's that day where Mm -hmm. your mind believes you can do an eight you have to like ride the wave like whatever energy you got or whatever's feeding you you got to ride, ride the wave and go for that eight so the seven becomes sub max more something you know you can do on a daily basis and that's and that's another thing too is like if, as long as you keep raising your minimum, like mm-hmm. what you can do every day, if you keep raising that by a little bit, mm-hmm. eventually that's going to get to what your best is, and then the best will go up at some point. Yeah. So that, that's another way I look at it too, is like raise the minimum, and then when the day is right and you feel it's right, and it's, you never know when it's going to happen, you can't expect it, you can't try to predict it. It's <laughs> always when you don't expect it. Yeah. You just got to ride the wave go for it, set a new standard, and then go from there.
0: Awesome. So when you work with people, or this, when this has happened in your life, when that wave has hit and you've ridden it, how does that uh, impact your mindset? What do you What do you notice in terms of like changes in, in what you believe about yourself or your your capacity?
1: When 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 you feel like when I feel like I'm riding the wave, there's nothing else in the world going on. It's hope? just. What I'm doing is all that there is in the world. And you can, I I don't know, I I, I know when it's happening. Like, and I I think as you get, as you do something longer too, like, I competed in Cross for like seven or eight years, like, and I would, and I got to the point where I'd only wait for competition time Mm -hmm. to do something I've never done before. Like, I would never do it when I was just training because I was like, I'm just going to save it. I'm saving it for the day I actually need it. Yeah. Like, I could have done it maybe like six weeks prior. Sure. But, like, I'm just going to wait. Because I know on that day, I'll definitely do it. When I have, like, all like people around me, or people I have to beat, mm-hmm. I'm just going to save it all for that day. And then, like, you just know. And especially the more you do it, too, like, yeah. You're completely present. Mm-hmm. The rest of the world's blurred out.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's just you and whatever your goal is.
0: Yeah. I love that you brought up being present and how everything else is tuned out. And I wonder those moments like when you're working out or you're competing or you are um, like when the stakes are high and you find that place of being present are there any other points in your life around the uh, the workout and the competition and your actual work and what you do where you notice that state of being present kind of entering your life or is that kind of more challenging to bring into other
1: parts of my life yeah
0: yeah Be more present how can I engage with my five senses in some way um, and or stimulate that internal senses uh, those three senses that I love to talk about too um, but so sometimes when we hang out and get together we'll go for grounding walks right so we'll go without shoes and uh, sometimes we'll bring the hoverboard, <laughs> uh, and sometimes we we'll just kind of walk and we're walking the you know downtown Minneapolis right so um, nothing more grounding than that <laughs> you know getting those tactile senses online with your feet and then hearing all the sounds um, and so many people on the bike pads or on the pads kind of whirring around but what um what is that like for you when we're doing those uh those kind of grounding walks and what do you notice
1: uh sense of relief because i don't well the biggest thing is i don't come from a city I've lived outside of cities for a couple of years, but I come like from a very small town in Michigan,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where, like, everyone knows everyone, and la and I, I was in Montana the past two years, okay. like, four hours away from another city, yeah. and it's, it's just more comfortable for me, and... I tried to recreate that feeling by buying a grounding mat for my bed.
0: Awesome. Which
1: I don't know if it's working because I have not <laughs> noticed any effects. So I may have to uh, figure that out. What but, sort
0: of effect would you expect to see that I would tell you know.
1: it was working? It, like all, the, all the, the, the effects of the grounding mat that are anecdotal. Sure. Are kind of things I already have, like, oh. like energy, happy, <laughs> body. No. Like I already Positive have. I, I have all those things, so like I didn't really know what I was expecting because like maybe a higher level like, degree of those things, sure. so, like
0: a like a stronger wave. Of yeah, yeah.
1: Sure. yeah. And the first time I woke up, I felt great. The next day, I also slept for like ten hours. So, so how
0: much of that was placebo. Yeah, all yeah, yeah. unfortunately.
1: <laughs> but no, it's yeah, central relief, and it's just getting away from me. Though, that's what's going on.
0: Sunset's going down. Yeah. Good time. Yeah. I notice on those walks that I, like you had described earlier, that sense of focus and everything else sort of melts away. Mm -hmm. I notice that happens for me when when we do those grounding walks. And I notice that it feels like sometimes living in the city, it feels like my uh, senses are buzzing. Like there's like this constant um, move, like moving so fast that sometimes it's distracting.
1: It's all, okay, it's almost like you put up a safeguard. Mm-hmm. That's, I guess that's what I feel. It almost yeah. is like my body's putting up a safeguard like when there's so much going on.
0: Yeah.
1: And then when I do that, I just kind of finally like, can you just take a deep breath and let it all out and not sure. be worried about anything. Yeah,
0: it's almost like you're holding Com- your breath. Yeah, you're
1: so comfortable. Yeah. Sure.
0: So kind of like you're holding your breath and then
1: you're able to let it out. You let it out, exactly.
0: Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think when I feel that buzzing The city. I notice more tension. I'm. uh, I I have this thing that's my whole life. I've always noticed in pictures and things like that, where my shoulders are always kind of uh, hunching toward themselves. So like I'm sort of like protecting my my rib cage. Yeah, rolling forward. Uh, And I notice in those times, like I can feel um, more of my body straightening up, more my back just kind of like, oh, I'm here and present. and, And I definitely feel like I can like for some reason the future feels more manageable.
1: And the things that you were sweating, you realize aren't that big of a deal.
0: Yeah, it seems like they're not even there anymore. They're not even on the table. Not exist then. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, do they really matter that much at the moment? No.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the things that are distracting to me that keep me from feeling present in my body, from being able to engage in the way that I'm able, able to bring my full self, my own like self-efficacy or belief that I can you know navigate whatever is in front of me um, that sort of seems to that sense of being present it's like it feels like if if I had if all of my energy were like um, tentacles or like um, octopus legs or you know kind of extending out from me, it feels like they sort of draw and suck in back into me and then I become kind of, I feel like I'm whole. Like all of my senses are now working together rather than scattered and moving in all different directions. If that makes sense.
1: No, that, that, makes, that makes complete sense. I think it's just how busy or just the nature of people's work in their lives that suck them in so many different directions that, you need to take that time to do whatever it is that helps you dial it all back in. Yeah,
0: so um, I remember the last time we went for a grounding walk, um, I kind of, I think I pulled you out of a a computer, Uh, um, what was that, like you were working on the computer, so there was some need for some grounding and I wonder about that process and what that was like or, or how that's different.
1: Oh well, when I came back the computer was much easier. So I realized the issues I was having weren't that big of a deal and it was all things that it wasn't like it was timely or anything like it needed to be done at, I was working it when you came by I think like 4.30 or 5:00. It's not going to need to be done at 5.30. Got it. it was, it was, yeah, I turned it into an issue but it wasn't an issue.
0: Interesting. So it sounds like that grounding walk sort of gave you perspective. Yes. And kind of took something that felt large and ominous and uh, made it manageable.
1: Very much so, and, and it also gave us the idea of how we can make things easier. And I think, yeah, uh, the grounding walks, maybe instead of putting everything on yourself, like I, I was putting everything on myself, sure. when you have the resources around you to accomplish it more efficiently. You just need to take a step back and open your eyes and look around and see like, what you what you have around you to help you out.
0: Right. So like, if there's a picture in front of your face and if you're standing with your nose pressed up against it, you can't really identify any of the pieces of it. You can't even identify what it is, perhaps. You can't see the parts or the whole. Um, but the more you, so the grounding walk seem to kind of help give you that take distance. Take a step back. Yeah. And give you that space where you could actually see the individual parts of the picture to kind of problem solve.
1: Put it all together.
0: So thinking about what is this space of during competition and I feel present in my body. I feel feel present. Everything else is melted away and I'm so focused um, on, on what's coming next or what my next movement will be. to to bring to that moment and in comparison or in contrast um, or even in similarity this grounding walk and how that sort of shifted um, the perspective or or even uh, created more opportunities to recognize solutions or problem solving Um, in what ways are they similar and or are they different I mean do you feel they're different sorts of ways of being present
1: I think they're very similar
0: Yeah.
1: in the way that the grounding walk like, makes us feel one dialed in, remove all the, the noise, the mm-hmm. distractions yeah. and that's the same way you feel when you're present within a competition like talked about week. there's nothing else going on in the world mm-hmm. and you're not worried about what you're going to do next because you're doing what you're doing right now and you already know what's coming next. Like, there's nothing like yeah. you've prepared to do that. Yeah. You know what's coming next. Yeah. And say what you're doing at that moment doesn't go very well. Like you're struggling with something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Odds are if you prepared, the people around you are struggling too. You don't even have to like look at them and worry about yeah. what your competitors are doing or what someone in the same field as you doing is doing as you who's mm-hmm. trying to reach that same goal or that same mm-hmm. objective. Yeah. Because if you've done what you needed to do, and if you are completely focused on what you're doing, there—if they're in the same place as you, they're most likely struggling too. You're not in it alone.
0: So being present is actually like a skill set. Yes. Being present is um, almost an advantage, or like a—I'm thinking of like a, an energy boost. Almost, it gives you an, an advantage. I don't know if that, that's probably not the right word, but it just sort of—it's like a—it's like wearing the right. Clothing for running. Yes. Or it running? may no, like
1: it may feel like it gives you an edge, mm-hmm. but if if your competition is that too, it's not really an edge. But if it gives, I think it's more of just confidence. It's a feeling inside. Got it.
0: Okay. Yeah. So so being present is sort of just removing some of the obstacles.
1: And if other people see that you're competing, or other people see see you with this this edge like you can see it when someone's prepared and someone isn't concerned about what they're doing Got it. Yeah. and they're just are it looks like they're going through the motions because they know they themselves into they're not they're not acting like they're not doing something out of fear they're doing something out of confidence Doing something they they feel capable
0: that's and the I mean, similarity you can,
1: you can see you can see it in people when they're 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 doing something and they're attacking it because they know they're capable or they're approaching it like they're capable of doing it because they've been there and done that. Whether they've done it physically or just in their mind, Yeah, they've already been there and done that. Yeah. So they're just doing it all over again. And then that—that that is what gives you the edge. I don't think it gives you an edge, but I think if you're the people you are I don't even want to say trying to be because it's not only a competition, but like the people who are around you are doing the same thing who may be trying to outdo you or compare themselves to you they see that and they begin acting out of worry or fear and that's where the edge comes from Uh, separating yourself
0: Okay. that makes a lot of sense I I think what you said a minute ago you said it becomes effortless yeah and um, I think that's kind of what I think that is maybe where the similarity is because you had mentioned earlier when we took that space to go for that grounding walk, there was this sense of, oh, I actually saw, I was able to see clearly. And so almost like problem solving became more effortless. And so it's in that way, it sounds like it's very similar in that way.
1: Yeah, and the effortless thing is either you've been there and done that before already in your head, yeah. or you found the solution, because, or you found a, at the least, a temporary solution or something that you think will work, you're gonna try it yeah. until you until you have to figure something else out. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. because that's how it goes. Yeah, well, that's part of being present. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is like not necessarily knowing what's gonna come after that, but knowing that right now in this moment, I'm building a foundation for yes. the next happening. Yes. I just was um, writing this last week, and I was just thinking, you know, whatever it is that's happened, it's preparing and growing me for what the next happening. And it sounds like that being present in competition is kind of what, did, what does that for you? Yes. Just, I'm here in this moment. I'm making what's happening now happen, and I'm not going to worry about the future. I'm not going to worry about the next step. Yeah. And that's kind of what the grounding walk did as well. It was like, oh, I don't have to worry about the next step because I already have the answer. Yeah. Because I'm here present in this
1: moment. At least this is what I'm going to try. Yeah. This is what I'm going to go for next. And if it yeah. doesn't work, yeah. I'll still take a step back and look at it again.
0: Oh my gosh, that goes right back around to what we started talking about, about learning learning something new. And where does that, you know, the space of what, what are some of the obstacles that keep people from trying and tackling something new? One is maybe the fear that I, that I will look like an imposter. But even like, what would happen if we could move into a new space of learning, a new motor learning, a new, just cognitive learning, knowing that the learning doesn't, um, it isn't a character flaw. Uh, failure isn't a cal- character flaw, or something not working isn't a character flaw, but that it is simply a learning and growing, or... is trying something and figuring out. You know, it's sometimes when we fail, it is a process of elimination. Well, that didn't work, you know, or, or I, I, you know, hey, I just learned in jujitsu that being 200 pounds is actually a hindrance to, yeah. to what I wanted to learning this, and so I have to kind of navigate and manage with what I have. But I think. What you were talking about is this sense of being present helps you to not only problem solve, but it helps you to um, strengthen self-confidence. And it eliminates all the extraneous pieces of feeling scattered and distracted. And it just gives you one step at a time.
1: Because if you have taken the time to try to good at something you haven't embraced you have to learn to embrace the struggle of failing at things and be comfortable with it yeah even though it sucks yeah sucks to fail yeah but that's why I think it it becomes effortless is because if you have even if whatever you're doing isn't going that great at the moment you're like at worst I'm gonna have to kind of start over and do this I've done that before and and it's even like it relates to when I was doing all this Excel stuff. Not, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of Excel, but like, <laughs> kept I kept ruining this big thing for our our hockey team, this data presentation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was, and I had this in, intern helping me. She was kind of freaking out. I was like, Reggie, we just got to embrace this <laughs> because we're gonna be so much better at this after failing this so many times today. Mm-hmm. Like. I as I guarantee you, you're never gonna fail this again. <laughs> like when you have to do this, when you have your first job, yeah. you're gonna get this right. I'm like, hey, because you had to do it wrong at first. Like I this is my first time doing it wrong. You're way ahead of me, you're four years younger than me and you're failing already. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Huh. So failing in these in this in this light or in this lens is an advantage.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. I love how we got here. <laughs>
1: okay to fail
0: it's okay to fail as long as you don't quit I feel like I see that all over social media the only failure is when you stop
1: yeah and it's cliche but it's, it's true it's so cliche it's <laughs> so cliche it's, lame. it's lame I said that but it's true
0: no I, I I think that I think that's what we've been saying is that this sense of fear of failing is actually the failure
1: because it keeps you from making those mistakes yeah
0: not moving forward can become failure yeah, yeah. so being in here with me today. I really appreciate you taking the conversation to this platform and making it shareable with with anyone who might, might find it beneficial.
1: Thanks for having me, and I look forward to doing one again. All
0: right. Have a great night.